Grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Children know the song, and we have all heard it. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's a simple song, but the truth of it really is astounding. God, God has hands. In those hands, every power is at his disposal. Every authority under heaven and earth is his. He has created everything. And he holds everything in his eternal hands. And now Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. And he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. In his hands, Jesus holds the whole world. And what will he do with those hands? He will remove his clothes with which he, the eternal God, was garbed. He will lay them aside, take up a bowl of water, and use his divine hands to remove the sandals from the scummy, dirty, travel-worn feet of his disciples and hold those feet in his holy hands and wash those feet. He's got the whole world in his hands. And he knows that the Father has given all things into his hands. So he takes, his hand, takes into his hands the dirty feet of the men who have walked with him day after day. God has hands. This is not metaphorical language. In the person of Jesus, God joined to human flesh. God has hands and feet and eyes and ears and fingers and lungs and nostrils, teeth, fingernails, and cuticles. And with these, he descends to take up the feet of sinful men into his hands. You can understand Peter's protest. His God should not wash feet. This is unbecoming of a proper God. Gods are thought, even by some Christians, to be far removed from their creation, distant from the creatures they created, especially if their creatures have rebelled and set themselves against the goodness and graciousness of the God. God should not become men, should not unite themselves with sinful humans, should not have human flesh and hands, and should certainly not use those hands to take up and wash the grime away from between the toes of the sweaty, sandal-shod feet of those men who purport to follow such an incarnate God. You shall never wash my feet. We would also protest, given the opportunity. Even if it were only a dignitary, head of state, or even a close family, family member, how many elderly folks would not wish to bear their feet for a son or daughter to simply have their toenails trimmed? The answer is to pay and have a stranger do it, a professional. But then Jesus' words... God's words, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. They frustrate Peter's pious pretension. 
He relents, but he must have known viscerally that this was all wrong. Washing feet is not what the Christ should do, not what a God should do. This is slave labor, a servant's task. If God descends to take human flesh, then stoops to the lowest position, the foot-washing place, the whole economy of human hierarchy is turned upside down. As if that weren't enough, Jesus then asks, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I so am. If then I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. As if Christianity weren't hard enough to buy into. Now, do as I have done to you, and as I have done, is taking the lowest, most servile position of the foot-washing servant. Love one another like that? This is painful. You abide with the command to love others to a point. Love one another any way you wish is the creed of American popular religion. But love as I have loved you, with a foot-washing, self-depreciating kind of love, no thanks. And that is thinking of feet as we know them. These were not the feet of those who had had regular pedicure appointments and kept their feet in clean socks and shoes. No, these were feet that were nearly bare all the time, calloused in sandals, that walked and shared paths with animals, as they left behind what animals leave behind. It dried into the dust and crusted on their feet. Even if we did wash feet, often the love we choose to show to another is veiled in a love for ourselves, our own interest as well. How we feel having done something like that, possibly pride. My hands took care of many patients as a nurse I washed far more than feet for 18 years. And it does take a love for others to do such a thing as it does many other occupations. But there are limits. And I did not desire to take that love to the Congo and treat Ebola patients. Even when it was necessary to care for patients with body lice or active TV, TB, or possibly the worst, a combative and confused patient with AIDS that you had to get near with a needle and then not get stuck yourself as they fought you. I and many others weren't, pick, weren't speaking up in our changeover meetings in the morning of the previous shift saying, I'll, I'll take that one. Love has a limit, a selfish limit in all of us, even if it is a different limit. We know what it means to love others as we wish to be loved, with limits. But to love as Jesus loves you, to love selflessly and sacrificially to the point of death, that is a tall order. But Jesus gives this new commandment on the night when he was betrayed, given into the hands of sinful men. 
A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Simple. Do this, Jesus bids. Love like this. Love like I do. Love those who can never deserve it, those who hate you, those who reject you, who are inclined toward your destruction. Wash their feet. Assume the posture of a servant, or worse, absolve their sins. Give them forgiveness for sins, forgiveness they could never deserve. Love like that, okay? But this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another like this. This new commandment he gives you and I, love like this. Love incarnationally. Love is flesh among flesh. Love is sinners among sinners. Love those who cannot and will not ever deserve your love. Love to forgive those who are completely unforgivable. Love with your hands. Love in order to remove the filth, the guilt, the shame of your brothers and sisters. Love in order to get the dirt of your fellow man into your own hands so that he might be clean. Love because your love will never be repaid. Love sacrificially. Love and never expect anything in return. Love as I have loved you, Jesus commands. Okay then, who does that? Who does that? No one. And yet, as I have loved you, is pretty absolute. Jesus loves perfectly and doesn't wait for your love toward others to show his love for you. He just loves. If foot washing were the extent of Jesus' love, that would be difficult enough to emulate. But he, does not, but he doesn't have hands just to take up his disciples' grimy feet. He doesn't have fingers merely as instruments to scrub between their toes. He has the whole world in his hands, and he intends those hands to be nailed to the cross. This is his love. Behold the man who loves those who are completely unlovable. Behold the man who loves those who, in just a few minutes, will abandon him, will flee to save their own lives. Behold the man who loves the unlovable, the rebellious, the sinful, who could never deserve it. Behold the man who is God, and who, in order to love his creatures perfectly and completely, has become man. Behold the man who loves the world completely and perfectly in his death on the cross. Oh, to love like this, like Jesus did. Like he commands his disciples to love. Many see this as the message of Jesus on Monday, Thursday. The message of what we are to leave here and do for each other. If you attempt this, if you attempt this, you will never succeed, relying on your own deficient, selfish love. If you want to love like this, you've got to be loved like this. As I have loved you is here on the altar. The fruits of Jesus' sacrificial love are in his, solely, in his holy supper for you to eat and drink.
Behold the man who gave himself in the perfect act of love. Behold the man who on the night when he was betrayed took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples as his own body. Behold the man who poured his blood into the loveless mouths of his disciples to forgive their sins. Behold the man veiled in bread and wine, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, for life and salvation. This feast of love fulfills Jesus' command to love one another. Here, as you are fed and nourished with the body and blood of the only one ever to love like this, you are strengthened, as the liturgy says, in fervent love toward one another. Disciples who feed together on the same loving Lord are united together in love. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In order to love like Jesus, behold the man on his altar, behold the man. On the paten, behold the man. In the chalice, behold the man. In the supper, behold the man who loves you enough to forgive you freely, fully, week after week. In the name of Jesus, amen.